0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: And you are listening to Calvary Live. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jeff Figs, and I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And I'm ready to take your questions and your prayer requests, because as most of you know, Calvary Live is a program where you get to call in and ask questions about the Bible or Christian living, Maybe perhaps you got a prayer request, so I'd love to talk to you. You just heard the number at the opening of the show, 303-690-3000. So call that number, and they will get you um, on the air as we have open lines. Grab one of those open lines early, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of God. Let's get clarity and understanding and truth from the Word of God. We're so blessed as Christians because we have the Bible to give us truth in God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. And that really is my hope and prayer for this next hour, that uh, we go to God's Word together and we can gain truth, we can get comfort, we can be edified and encouraged and instructed by God's commands, His truth, His precepts. It's so wonderful for us to be able to do that. So give me a call, 303 690 3000. Grab one of those open lines. So good to be with you on this afternoon. Also, there is a second means for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line. And that number for the text line is 720. 720- Three three six oh eight nine seven I'll repeat those numbers throughout the show. Let me give you that text number again, seven two zero three three six oh eight nine seven. so I want to welcome all the grace F m listeners in Colorado, all along the front range. Man, what do you think about this crazy weather that we're having snow uh, here it is the the week. Uh, we're, we're going to be entering into Memorial Weekend, which is the traditional start to summer and summer vacations. And we got graduations going on. And here we have snow on the ground, and uh, it is crazy around here. And so it's been a wet spring, but summer's coming. Summer is coming. And uh, we can look forward to that. Hope for. Uh, some warmer weather uh, my son david and i uh, this morning spent over an hour throwing footballs uh, up into our large linden tree to knock the snow off to keep branches from breaking it's such a, a blessing that tree in our front yard p- to provide shade we have enjoyed it for 20 years that we've lived in the house and uh it's just uh wow here we are uh, right before Memorial weekend trying to knock the snow off because the tree is leafed out. Snow is heavy. Uh, branches were going to break. So maybe perhaps you went through the same thing. A lot of you uh, along the Front Range in Colorado Springs and up through uh, you know, Monument and then Castle Rock on up into the Denver area and uh, so we're so glad when uh, the snow stopped, and we'll be glad when it warms up. want to also welcome all the East Coast listeners and uh, those listening on Hope FM and on Truth FM. Uh, we welcome you to call in at 303-690-3000. You are a week delayed, uh, but give us a call, and they'll answer, and you can be on the program, and then you can listen to it next week. But many of you all around the country are listening online, so we want to welcome the online listeners. And I also want to say is we're going to be entering into the summer season here. Uh, Some of you on the East Coast that listen to us in Calvary Live, we're so grateful to be a part of your lives. Uh, But we welcome you to come out, visit us. Greeley is just 45 minutes, uh, 45 miles, about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour from Rocky Mountain National Park, where many of you go to vacation. Very beautiful. Lots of snow up in the park yet. They're trying to get Trail Ridge Open. But if you have an opportunity to stop by the church, stop by Greeley, because Highway 34 takes you right into Rocky Mountain National Park. We are right off the highway there in Greeley. We'd love for you to stop by, worship with us on a Sunday or a Wednesday night, even if during the week if you're passing through. Stop by and let us know that, that you listen to Calvary Live and I'd uh, love to meet you and say hello to you. And just a thought that I'd like to throw out there. So give me a call on uh, Calvary Live here. Uh, grab one of those open lines. The number, again, is 303-690-3000. Let's go to Fort Morgan on line one. Hello, you're on Calvary Live.
2: Hey, how's it going?
3: Good, how are you?
2: Oh, wonderful.
3: How are you guys out there in Fort Morgan? Did you get snow or a lot of rain?
2: Uh we got a good good burst of snow for a little bit there but it's just been wet all day. I'm enjoying it.
3: <laughs> That's good. So yeah. you got a question you got a question for me?
2: Yes sir. Um I was going to ask you um, I I've heard kind of both sides of the story and didn't know uh where I could find the scripture. Um I've read scripture. I believe in like Galatians where Paul talks about uh, uh the, the the first that were to die in Christ. Were the, the the first to go when when Christ comes in the second coming? Is well, that correct?
3: What what we have is uh, Paul talks about um, in First Thessalonians. Okay, I believe you're talking about the rapture of the church, the resurrection, and um, it, let me see if this rings a bell for you. Paul's talking to the Christians, to the Church of Thessalonica, and I find it very fascinating. Because Paul, as far as we know, was with them for three Sabbaths, and then he was driven out of the city. But they were confused about He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. That's a term for death. Lest you sorrow and others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. And then he talks about the resurrection. He talks about the rapture. He says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with uh, them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So is that the verse that perhaps you're thinking of?
2: Yeah, yeah. What, what does that mean? The dead in Christ will rise first.
3: Well, what's going to happen is Paul writes about the resurrection here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He writes about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The important truth that the scripture gives to us is um, that we have the hope of the resurrection. And the resurrection is uh, speaking of eternal life, but it's speaking of eternal life that we're going to get new heavenly bodies that are going to last forever uh heavenly bodies celestial bodies and and Paul tells us that it's going to happen when at the sound of the trumpet he writes about it too in second Corinthians chapter two and I think second corinthians chapter second uh, Corinthians chapter five excuse me that he talks about you know that our earthly house this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And, and he, he says how we groan uh, for this new body because our bodies are wearing down. And he says, now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. But then he says something very important. He says that we are confident, y'all, yeah, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So here's what the scripture teaches us. When we take our last breath here on earth, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So our spirit, the real us, goes to be with the Lord immediately. Um, We're in the presence of the Lord, and that's good news. When somebody dies that is a Christian, and and I've done a lot of memorial services or funerals for people, uh, for uh, Christians, we have the hope, the living hope that, uh, comes through Jesus Christ and Him crucified in His resurrection. So our spirit goes to be with the Lord, and then the body is put into the ground or cremated. But the time of the resurrection is when that body is going to be resurrected to a new heavenly body to be joined once again to our spirit. So it's kind of a difficult concept. And what some people have done is turned it into that our soul sleeps, um, the seven-day Adventists have held to that doctrine. But that's right. not what the Bible teaches. Our body sleeps, but not our soul. Our spirit, to be absent from the body, is immediately to be present with the Lord. You might recall that Jesus said to that thief on the cross that cried out to him, that said, you know, Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. What did Jesus say to him? He said that, before the Son is set, you'll be with me in paradise. So the thief, his body died, but he would go with Jesus into paradise. We know that Paul would write in Philippians chapter 1, he says, you know, I'm between two straights, whether to... because he didn't know what was going to happen to him at the time he's writing the book of Philippians. He's in prison. It's part of the prison epistle. He doesn't know if Caesar Nero's going to lop his head off at that time. He says, for me to go home to be with the Lord is better for me to stay here is better for you but um he didn't say it's better for me to soul sleep for how long um, so soul sleep is a false doctrine um our bodies will sleep but not our souls our souls our spirit sometimes those terms are used interchangeably will immediately go to be with the lord so people ask what about that time until the rapture of the church do we have a temporary body are we in the, the spirit I don't know um, I don't know exactly sure as far as I know is to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord and then Paul writes in 1st Corinthians chapter 15 that in a moment in the twinkling of an eye that we shall all be changed and that's when the resurrection happens in our bodies we get new heavenly bodies so uh, that which is corruptible is incorruptible that which is mortal will be immortal so hopefully okay. that helps
2: Absolutely. Uh, the w- the one thing I was going to ask was uh uh I should say the second thing. Uh, my parents are Catholic and they believe uh against cremation. What would I tell them if if our second uh if the second coming was to resurrect uh, a body that was laid to rest if if it's been cremated?
3: Yeah, and there are people that call me that get very concerned. They've had um and I what's interesting is I grew up in the Catholic church and and I didn't hear that, you know, and that may be a doctrine that perhaps that they hold to. I know that there have been others that have called and said, you know, our pastor or, you know, this this minister said, don't be cremated. Here's the thing. It's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. It's not dependent upon what we do with our bodies. And cremation, to, to me, is just uh, accelerating that process of, you know, from dust to dust. Um, our bodies decay, they turn to dust. Uh, cremation accelerates that. Uh, there are those who say, oh, you know, you'll end up going to hell if you get cremated. Well, First of all, the Bible does not say that at all. Right. Second, of, second of all, it's not dependent on what you do after you die. It's appointed to man to die once and then the judgment. And, and, and I can't imagine the Lord, you know, you go home to be with the Lord, you take your last breath, And you go home to be in the presence of the Lord again, Second Corinthians chapter five, because be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the Lord says, "Oops, sorry, I got to send you to hell because your family cremated you." That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So, you know, it's it's not dependent upon, you know, what we do with our bodies. Now, there's some people that have a conviction; they don't want to be cremated. Um, They they believe that's not what they want and they can't do it in faith and that's fine but there's nothing in the scripture that says anything about you know there's going to be eternal judgment for those who do choose to, to for cremation and again i've done a lot of memorial services and and it's it's for you know economic reasons a lot of times and stuff um and other reasons as well people are cremated because to get a casket in a graveside can be very 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 expensive, expensive. And, you know, what about the Christians that got burnt at the stake? Right. What do you say about that? Yeah, that's them? a good
2: point. Didn't think of that either.
3: Yeah. So so we need to t- stick to the scriptures and not add to the scriptures, but it's um, appointed man to, you know, die once and then the judgment. And of course, the, um, you know, the Catholics believe, and I was taught this by my grandmother and grandfather, that, you know, you can go to purgatory if things aren't right. And, of course, the Bible says there is no purgatory. There's a heaven, there's a hell. Both are real. But there's no holding place, purgatory, or anything like that. Those are false doctrines. Those are man-made doctrines. And we can bring truth to uh, our Catholic friends and and family members that we love um, to bring them comfort and assurance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and um, that Jesus, he's the one that saves and um, always point them to Jesus, and Jesus Christ and Him crucified. All right? Okay.
2: All right. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking my call.
3: You bet, and I appreciate you calling. You guys out there in Fort Morgan, God bless you guys. Thank you, you too. All right. All right, bye-bye. You bet. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line, so give me a call. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley and the number to call is 303-690-3000. Let me give you that text line again, and uh, text in a question, especially as we head into summer, oftentimes uh, we we get towards the end of the show, we have time for text questions, and some of you text in some really great stuff, or call uh, and text in a prayer request, love to pray with you. Let me give you that text number, it's 720-336-0897. We're gonna go with the phone lines here in just a minute, But I just want to remind everybody that on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, here at Calvary Greeley, we're going to be back in our study of the book of Revelation, and we're going to be talking about a lot of these things we have. We're going to finish chapter 5, that heavenly scene. And there's a group of people that are there singing this new song from every tribe, tongues, people, and nation— and it's going to be really important for us tomorrow night to identify who these people are, this this multitude that's before the throne of God singing this song. and And it has a lot to do, I believe, with the blessed hope that we have. And then in chapter 6, the scene changes back to the earth where God begins to pour out His wrath in a Christ-rejected world in that final seven-year period called the Tribulation Period, chapter 6 through 18. And we're going to be looking at that as well. So come out and join us for our study if you're up here in the Greeley area. I'd love to meet you. we got a place for all the kids and uh, for the uh, youth as well. And uh, it's an incredible study. If you've never studied the book of Revelation, I know you'll be tremendously blessed. And there is a special promise given to those who read the, word, uh, word of the uh, words of the book of Revelation, hear the words, and then keeps them as well. So I want to invite you out. You can uh, see where we're located on our website, com. But let's go to Kimberly in Inglewood. Kimberly? Hi. How are you?
1: Good. How are you?
3: I am good. You're on Calvary Live. So,
1: okay, thank you. So my sister recently got into a new relationship, and I'm just a little overwhelmed on figuring out which avenue to take with her. Um, it's an old high school relationship, and they he actually lives in Arizona. She lives here. Well, they only saw each other once since talking again, and they...
4: Uh, we're intimate
3: with
1: each other. Okay. okay.
3: And you know, so I, you know, I Kimberly, would go ahead. Yeah, Kim, one of the things you're probably wondering how, what is it that I say? What is it that I do to minister to my sister? And, you know, we live in a culture, we live in a uh, society where that's okay. Um, yeah. It's no big deal. That's the norm. Uh, let me ask you this, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, Kimberly, before you're finished. But is she a, a Christian?
1: She is. Uh, before she was talking to him, she was going to church every Sunday. She was getting closer to God. I got her a Bible um, okay. to read, and uh, so yeah, I'm. I I don't know if she's born again, but she's a she's a believer.
3: Okay, well, if you're a believer, then you're born again, and um there's only one kind of believer and the reason that i say that is because and i'm just going to read it to you and then we'll move on and give you some some things that hopefully uh that you can minister to your sister but if you're not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of god dwells in you now if anyone does not have the spirit of christ he is not his so um you know if you are born again you have the spirit of god in you and um, and that defines a Christian. But for your sister, you know, Kimberly, it really wouldn't be. First of all, um, as the Lord leads you, you pray about how you can you can talk to her about does she really believe in the Lord? Is she really a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? And then if she's open and and soft in what you pray that she is, is to minister to her that God has called her to purity to live a pure life, and. And you can show her, for example, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you uh, can remember this reference, a, a, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I believe. Let me pull it up for you and find it for you. Um, okay. No, it's actually in chapter 4. I was right. But in chapter 4, Paul begins to plead for purity. And he says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know. We know that Peter talks about in his epistle that we're to be holy just as he is holy. And that is that is God's will is for her to, to live in purity. He's called us to cleanness. And here's the thing for Kimberly, for anyone who's listening out there, or for your sister, that they think it's okay to be a Christian and be immoral, that that's, first of all, not God's Word. It's not His will. And then second of all, it's a loving Father that says, I don't want you to get involved in sin because it's going to hurt you. And it is the Lord that wants the very best for your sister. And to live a life for Him means that you're going to flee from those things you know we're told to flee useful lust is what paul told timothy all throughout the new testament we are told as christians to pursue righteousness and holiness and purity but that's a you know because the lord knows that if we enter into sin it's going to hurt us and and so um you know begin to talk to her about those things and pray with her and um, unfortunately there are too many christians um, that i believe that they think it's okay to be involved in immorality and in sin and uh, we were going over on sunday uh, in romans uh, another reference for you romans chapter 12 and uh, paul uh, he is instructing the christians to be a living sacrifice Uh, he says by the mercies of god i beseech you that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice so he says live for the Lord you know be a living sacrifice because of the mercies of God what are the mercies of God well they're actually chapters 1 through 11 as Paul talks about the wonderful salvation provided for us through Jesus Christ um, that uh, he has saved us freely uh, by his grace uh, he 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 talks about how we walk in the Spirit sanctification being set apart for him in chapters 6, 7, and 8, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, that, that we who are in Christ, we don't have the spirit of fear but of adoption. There's no separation from his love. And he says in chapter 12, okay, because of these truths, because what Christ has done for you, your position in Christ, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service don't be conformed to this world don't be shaped by the world and that's what she's doing she's allowing culture in the world to shape her but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that is you take in the word of god you're taking in the things of god and then he goes on and he starts to tell us in chapters 12 you know through chapter 15 how to live for the lord but in chapter 12 one of the things that he says is he says, "Behave like a Christian, and let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good." So we, I think, a big problem in the church today is those who, you know, uh, accept evil and and sin and are compromising with it, and even in the church that message is there in some circles, but we're to abhor evil. And we're to hang on to that which is good. You know, hang hang on to that which is true and good and right to the Lord. So that's, Kimberly, where you can encourage her in love to live for the Lord, that the Lord has the very best for her, and the Lord is not going to bless sin. He will not bless sin.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just recently heard a sermon talking about... um, having a relationship, God will bless. Um, and so I, I was—I'm uh, actually going to have a Bible study with her this week, and so I didn't know, should I talk to her about premarital sick, uh, sex as being a sin, or should I go the route of what a godly relationship looks like and how to court and stuff like that? Or he he's not a believer necessarily, um, and so I didn't know— If I should go that route, why don't you help lead him to God first and then see about having a relationship with him? So there's so many different avenues I could take, and I didn't want to, I wasn't sure which way to go.
3: Yeah, all those avenues are avenues in which to discuss with her, and it may overwhelm her. So I would start with her relationship with the Lord and then how the Lord desires for her to live, and then kind of take it from there because she may get defensive. She may get, you know, uh, upset and just tell her, listen, I love you and I love yeah. you enough to give you truth. And Ephesians says, share the truth in love. And I have confidence just listening to you that you're going to do that. So Kimberly, why don't we pray? And um, okay. and those are sources, but I think you're on the right track. I think you really are. And, and Father, I pray for Kimberly. I thank you for her call. She's concerned for her sister and and I'm sure that there's others out there listening that they're in a similar situation where they see a brother or sister or a relative that are a Christian, but there's compromise and sin in their lives. That Lord, that we would be able to speak the truth in love. I pray for Kimberly's sister that her heart would be softened, that you would take your word and and uh, quicken her heart and strike her heart with your word, and that Lord, that she would be receptive, that the conviction would come. Uh, that would draw her to you to repentance and lord i pray that you would work in that way and lord that um, she would know that you have the very best for her and that is walking in holiness walking in truth and and committing herself to you as a living sacrifice we pray this in jesus name amen
1: amen thank you so much
3: thank you kimberly i'll be praying for you all right thank you you bet 303-690-3000. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. 3000 Again, when somebody hangs up, there's an open line. And um, let's go to—we're getting close to the break, but let's go ahead. Let's go to Roxanne in um, Pennsylvania. Roxanne? Hello. Hi, Roxanne. How are you?
4: Hello. I, I had a question for you. Okay, sure. I, I am saved, and I've been uh, a Christian since 1989— and it's been an amazing journey walking with the Lord, and uh, I'm kind of like at a crossroads with uh, two different situations, and my main focus throughout my life is to live a life that honors our Lord, and I really want to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, when we meet in heaven, you know?
3: Amen. Um, Amen.
4: Okay, so the first Crossroads is, you know, uh, about my workplace. Years ago, um, when I uh, got this job, I have no doubt in my mind, and that's a whole, I call it my Christmas miracle, how I got this job. Um, I worked in this type of healthcare setting now for about 10 years, and then I've worked in other types of settings in healthcare for uh, 15 years before that. But I hey, hey Roxanne. Feeling... Yes. Roxanne,
3: we're going, sorry to interrupt you, we're going to go to our break, our only break of the show, so if you okay. will just hang on for 90 seconds, and then I'll come sure. right back to you. All right, okay. thank you, Roxanne. Hey, we'll be right back after the break.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. So glad to be with you on this cool, cold day afternoon here in colorado where we just saw a bunch of snow and we're waiting for summer to come we pray that it comes it will come and so i'd love to hear from you in the meantime give me a call at 303-690-3000 and love to talk to you about the things of the lord we've had a great first half great questions great conversations and so give me a call maybe you got a question about the bible or christian living or you have a prayer request love to pray with you and to bless you in any way that i can on the show is we have plenty of time for you to call in there's a sex a second mean uh for you to be able to text in a question or a prayer request and that is 720-336-0897 720-336-0897 well right before the break we were talking to roxanne so in Pennsylvania. So we're going to go back to her and Roxanne. Are you still there? Yeah, Roxanne, I'm here. We're back. So go ahead and continue what you're telling me. You're working in the healthcare, um, uh, um, you know, as a career and uh, in your job. And so yeah. you were you're wanting to please the Lord. I heard that. Yeah, you want to stay and I want to stand,
4: fulfill the purpose. I want to fulfill the purpose he created me for and live a life of excellence. However, when I first got this job, it's working with Alzheimer's patients, and it's very rewarding. I've had many blessed encounters with the residents as well as their families. But it's kind of like my life was at a different stage when I first got this job. And now, like a decade later, my mom has Alzheimer's. And I do try and be a good steward of everything God entrusted to me. Um, we help out. My husband and I with babysitting and working full-time. It just, it's hard sometimes, and uh, it's quite a long drive to work. And I I just wonder, is it wrong to pray for a job that's kind of closer to home and something that um, maybe... Different than what I'm doing, because <laughs> I find sometimes uh you know it's not the proper thing you know how they they say about mourning with those who mourn um, it it's like when when the residents and their families are upset and say if the resident's family member is crying, I'm finding that I'm going in now and and listening to them. Hugging them and and then crying with them, and I'm like, I just feel like I'm starting to. Um, I don't know. Get, maybe I'm getting a little burnout. I don't know with with what I do and seeing um, the end of uh, a person's life and kind of like the levels of suffering. Um.
3: It's hard you know, that
4: I that I encounter every day, and seeing the family members, um, you know, just having to say goodbye to their loved ones, you know, it's it's hard, you know, especially yes. when you care. I spend more hours of my life with the residents and their families than even my family. So they become
3: like my extended family, you know, they do, they do, Roxanne. And, you know, just listening to you and um, you have a a parent that has Alzheimer's, you know, I I can sympathize and I can relate a little bit because my father died of Alzheimer's and he, it's a terrible disease, isn't it? And especially as they get towards the end of their life and we have you know people in our fellowship that have uh, taken care of elderly parents as long as they could uh, that had dementia alzheimers um to see it take away their mind and their life their personality is very very uh, difficult with that have he, had the
4: i have had the blessing though of even leading people to christ who have had this yeah. illness now yeah and and yeah. and that's been a challenge in my setting that I work too because it's you know but you know but one of
3: the, one of the things that I wanted to encourage you in and then to to go to uh, try to uh, help you in in sorting out what your question is is it okay to pray for another job um, yeah. but uh, to encourage you in what you do it is it's such a blessing to the families. When Dad was in the Alzheimer's unit um, in here in Greeley, uh, there was a lady, uh, two ladies from our church actually worked in the unit and uh, mm. one of them she uh, we will never forget how much comfort she brought in ministering to dad and and both of them. Um, and I'm so grateful for that and um, just the patience and the interaction, and and I'm sure that uh, many families as you do that are so grateful uh, for your ministry to them because it was a ministry and it brought great comfort to us. So I I hear you on that. Now, as far as, you know, you have a parent that is dealing with Alzheimer's, you, Mm -hmm. you know, are wondering, should I uh, be somewhere closer? It's okay to pray for that, Roxanne um i think that the lord cares about every area of our lives and Mm -hmm. he desires for us to give us to give him that is our supplications to him he says um don't be anxious for anything but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god and the peace of god that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus and that's in philippians chapter 4 and i think that that is maybe perhaps uh, a word to you that we can go to the Lord. He cares about every of our lives. To let our requests, our supplications be known to Him. And then as He guides you, He's going to give you a peace, a peace that passes understanding. Uh, if He desires for you to stay or desires for you to, to find another job. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, May the peace of God rule in your heart. And And that word rule, in Colossians 3 speaks of uh, of making the call. That's what it literally means in the Greek. It speaks of it like a baseball umpire who makes the call. And God's right. going to make the call, call for you, Roxanne, as you pray about it. Do I stay? Do I continue to minister? Because this is like an extended family. You're bringing great comfort to the families. But do I need to get closer to home? Uh, you know, because... You have family responsibilities Another, other It's
4: it's not even just about getting closer to home. Sometimes I feel like um, maybe to do something completely different even from from what I do. Like even just, uh, you know, I know I used to work at Home Depot in in the greenhouse and in the outside garden, just watering plants, you know. It's just, I guess, after so many years of yeah. seeing suffering on so many yeah. different levels and seeing our residents and their families grieving. it It's just, it's so hard. It's so it hard, hard, you know, but yet I say to myself, just what you said, I've had so many experiences where different loved ones have come to me and just were so grateful. And I said, but Lord, would I ever be as happy and so completely fulfilled doing anything else other than what I'm doing, you
3: know? Yeah. And I think, and Roxanne, I, I think your heart is in the right place. I really do. Because you started out by saying, I want to just be where God wants me to be. I do. And I, want, I want to just please the Lord. And you know what? He He's going to honor that. He's going to honor that. And that's the wonderful thing about being a Christian, is we have the Lord that, you know, leads us and guides us. in isaiah chapter 30 you might want to write that down and read it that you know the lord says to the children of israel come to me for counsel Uh, they were at a time where they they weren't right with the lord but there's there's an important principle in isaiah chapter 30 that is for any of us that go to the lord he says first of all come to me he says in returning and rest you shall be saved and quietness and confidence shall be your strength so as you are doing you're going to him and and then he says that we're to wait on him so number one we go to him that's verse 15 of the chapter then verse 18 therefore the lord will uh, wait that he may be gracious to you and blessed are those who wait for him so you're you're in that process of waiting right now and it's a good place to be because we talked about it on sunday uh, it was interesting. You uh, quoted about weeping with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. Yeah. That is in Romans chapter 12. And um, in that chapter, Paul is telling us how to live for him. And uh, he says in that that we are to be uh, ones that we are to um, be patient in tribulation or patient in. Um, in our walk with the Lord, in situations that we find ourselves in. So we don't always like to wait on the Lord. We like answers right away. Yeah, and I feel
4: even guilty wanting to do something different other than this. If I told you how I got this job, like it it was my Christmas miracle, and I am absolutely certain I am in the center of God's will, which is why I haven't wanted to go anywhere else because, you know, I, I okay. mean, until yeah. Li- lately, yeah. you know. Until lately. It's
3: yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's going to guide you, Roxanne. And as you go to him, as you wait on him, and then you're going to hear from him. Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. That is a promise from God's word. So you go to him, you wait on him and then he's you're going to hear from him. He promises okay. that he's going to guide you. So, can I pray for you?
4: Oh, yes. And also, um, can I please include a prayer request for my daughter Tiffany who's expecting my grandson August 25th.
3: How exciting.
4: Yes. Yes, it is.
3: Let's, let's yeah, let's pray for Tiffany and pray for you. Father, I thank you for Roxanne. I love her heart. She desires to please you. Uh, She's ministering in a very important place, but she's wondering if it's time for her to to, uh, move on, to do something else. Um, And Lord, I pray that as she has come to you and she's doing that, she's waiting on you, that she would hear clearly from you, and that you would give her a peace that rules in her heart, whether to stay or to to go and do something else you have maybe perhaps another chapter in her life and and you're the great shepherd that leads the sheep so lord make it clear to her um give her a piece that rules in her heart as you make the call and that she would know that you're guiding it and um you're directing her also i pray for her daughter tiffany that lord that as she is expecting um uh, roxanne's grandson uh, that it She'd have a good summer, the pregnancy, everything would go well, that this baby would grow to be strong and healthy, and that when delivery mm-hmm. comes, that everything would go as well uh, as possible. So I, I pray for your hand upon Tiffany and that precious, precious baby that's inside of her that you're forming mm-hmm. in fashion, that you know, and, um, and who you love so very much. I just pray that, Lord that you would just bless them in every way. Bless Roxanne. Guide her and direct her in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Thank you so much.
3: You bet. Hey, Roxanne, do me a favor. Whenever sure. the Lord answers you, let us know. Let me know what the Lord did and, and how he answered you and love to hear from you.
4: Yes, and thank you so much. It, w- it was so nice talking with you today.
3: It was great talking with you. Thank you for calling.
4: Take care. God bless.
3: God bless you. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado. I believe we have Dalton uh, in Fort Collins. Dalton? Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you?
5: Uh, Not too bad. Um, I had a couple of questions for you. um, The first one being, uh, I had a conversation with my roommate, last night and um we kind of have these conversations every once in a while uh but he's an atheist i guess you could say uh, okay and <clears throat> i was basically trying to um he showed me a video on uh islam and everything like that something that i took out of that video or that stood out to that in that video was the fact that it was written by only one person and it also has a political agenda or whatever Anyways, um, I started going into the fact that um, since there are many books written by many people, in the uh, or the Bible is made up of many books written by many people over a span of time, is the reason why I, it holds a lot of weight for me um, here, right, and I just try right. to explain that a little bit more.
2: Yeah, so exactly. anyways,
5: the topic of conversation was, uh, I asked them basically, like, what kind of thing would make you think twice or uh what would make you kind of start to believe it? Uh, he basically said something tangible, and he quoted someone that he said, or that he heard someone say, is that um, basically, and it was, it was a smart guy, I guess, but <clears throat> um, essentially, mm-hmm. if you were to take all the religious texts and throw them in the fire and get rid of everything, in a thousand years, a new, all these new religions would come back uh, and none of them would be the same. And um it, But if you did that with science, all the science texts and everything like that threw every book known to man into a fire and burnt all of them, that in a thousand years, we would eventually be able to recreate the same things and have the same text, essentially. And um to me, I thought that was it, kind of an interesting text, and I didn't really know yeah. how to combat it. And so I was well, kind of wondering it, about, like, tangible yeah. Yeah. And,
3: you know, he wants something tangible. He he wants something, you know, and, you know, first of all, if you threw the science books in the fire and a thousand years later that it pretty much says the same thing, I don't believe is totally true. Science has changed. What has changed over the last thousand years? A whole lot. A whole lot of science has, has come out. So first of all, that statement doesn't make sense what he's saying. Second of all, you know, I think Dalton, I think for him that he he wants to have some good answers you know to his questions and he wants to know you know if he's the atheist what makes christianity true what makes you christians your claim true and i think a real good reference for him dalton first of all and then you know just kind of run a few things by you um is evidence that demands a verdict i don't know if you ever heard of that book
5: but, um, I've
3: heard of it. You guys have talked about it a lot, so Yeah. See, when I was in Fort Collins thirty some years ago and I was a student, I got a degree in in forestry there, you know, a lot of evolution, a lot of science. I, I was wondering what makes the Bible so unique? What makes it so special? And to me what kept getting on you know, at me was is what Romans chapter one says, since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Uh, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know, to look at creation, to me, I had a lot of evolution, a lot of things, you know, uh, billions of years, all this stuff. But I knew this that there was a designer. There, This didn't happen by evolution. So, why is the Bible unique? Why is it trustworthy? Is Jesus who he said he is? Because either he's Lord or he's a liar or he was a lunatic, you know, because he claimed to be Jesus. So the book, and if he's an intelligent, uh, your friend, which he sounds like he is, this book reads like a series of notes. And, and I think if he honestly, objectively looks at it, that is going to really answer a lot of questions for him. I don't think as, as Christians that we need to assassinate our brains when it comes to science either. Uh, because, um, you know, mathematically, you can disprove evolution. So is creation something that there's good science? And you can go to, like, um, to Answers in Genesis, their website. There, there are scientists with PhDs that are, are very, very intelligent that will back up creation um, science and, you know, give good, good answers for him if he's really looking for it. So... Um, You know, those are kind of a starting point with him. And to, you know, really look at, you know, one of the things about the Bible that's unique, too, is, you know, if you throw in the Bible, um, the Word of God is uh, everlasting. Uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he's saying is if you throw in religions and then a thousand years, it would come back and it'd be different. It isn't that way with the Word of God. The Word of God.
5: Well, yeah, and I agree with that. But uh, I had no idea how to make him try to understand that. I don't think I could.
3: Well, and I think that you know, look at prophecy. Look at the prophecies. That was a big thing for me, Dalton. That was a huge thing for me. That here were prophecies that were given, you know, um, and then they came to pass exactly as the Lord said. And and so you know, you can talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls. They found the whole scroll of Isaiah, dated 200 B.C., and it has the prophecies of Jesus' birth, his life, his <laughs> suffering, his death. They were fulfilled, every dot and tittle of it. So, you know, that's what that book kind of goes over. It goes over the prophecy. It goes over, you know, um, you know, God dared to prophesy and move the Holy Spirit through these men that wrote these words down. And I'm like you, you know, um, it really impressed me that, the Bible written over a 1,500-year span by 40 different authors and all different kinds of backgrounds. It's one harmonious message, which tells me that there's one author. So, you know, those are things that you can talk to him about and just kind of, um, you know, uh, I like it when people they look at the science. look Look at the creation science. Look at the Bible. Right. The Bible will stand and pass the test. Um And, right, um, you know, well, go from it there. It's
5: interesting to that, like, because, like I said, the whole uh, uh, many books with uh, 40 different authors over a time of 1,500 years. I, you know, I said that, but to him, he replied with that, uh, saying that, see, that to me makes it less appealing to me. Uh, and I thought that was just an interesting. Thing that yeah, he, it is. He actually thought uh, he took it the other way. That it doesn't yeah. seem seems more right. reason for him to stay away from. I guess.
3: And and I don't know if it's the premise that there is no God. You know if that's affecting that. But I, I'm kind of like in your camp. And but you know, give him you know some things you know that he can look at, and um, because I, I think perhaps it'll help him and just kind of walk him through that. Uh, But I was like you when I heard, you know, 40 different authors, three different continents, 1500, you know, years. I thought, wow, this has to be God's word. Uh, But obviously he's not he's not in the in taking the same perspective. So, um, you know, so there's there's a lot of things that are out there. References. Uh, Norm Geisler is another uh, apologist um, that, you know, really gives some good answers you know, that's a good resource, a website. Ron Rhodes is another one. And I think that as you go through it, you can answer his questions a little bit more. But you know, the bottom line is going to come, pray for him. Pray for him that the Lord will open up his eyes and soften his heart um, to the Lord. And and why don't we do that right now? Father, I, I pray for Dalton, his friend. I thank you that Dalton cares enough to have these conversations with his friend. And Lord, that, that um, his friend would come to see that we're the, you know, we don't have to assassinate our brains. There's good answers. There's evidence, creation around us, the word of God given to us that stands as such a unique and incredible book. Um, the prophecies, uh, the claims of Jesus and the resurrection, that Jesus rose from the grave and he's alive. And so, Lord, I pray that you be with Dalton as he ministers to his friend. And I pray that his friend, his eyes would be open, his heart softened. And, Lord, that you would uh, draw him to yourself. Because we know the bottom line comes that it's going to take faith, coming in faith, and making a decision for you. So touch his heart. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Dalton, Amen. thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Uh,
5: yeah, me too. Uh, okay. Can I ask for one more prayer uh, request real quick? Sure. Um my buddy is in Arizona, and he's out there kind of by himself, but he's been in a really uh, dark place, um, and he's actually going to be home next week, but uh, he's basically afraid to stay alone by himself, and I just hope uh, we'll ask for prayer for that.
3: Okay. Father, I do pray for Dalton's friend who's in Arizona. He's alone. That he would know that, that you're with him, and that you would minister to him, and he would perceive your presence but lord that he would also get some good company um, christians around him to encourage and help him and um, lord do that work and we just lift him up to you you know who he is and it's in jesus name we pray amen thanks dalton appreciate your call all right i want to get to erica in philadelphia she's been waiting erica hello Hi, Erica. We got a couple minutes, so I wanted to get your call in before we end the show. So you're on okay. Calvary Live.
4: Hello. All right. Go ahead. So, um, I take my test, my cosmetology College State Board test tomorrow. I'm like really super nervous. Um, so I have been struggling with like jobs for a long time. And I raised my daughter, who is five, and I have two nieces that I also take care of. And this is like my dream to, like, pass my test and do mortician. Like, I just want to work with deceased people, pray over them, and just pray that they go home to God and just make their family happy. Like, this is what I want. And, you know, I pray to God. I ask him if he could do this for me. But I just feel like I just need a little bit more people to knock on his door and pray with me.
3: Okay. I'd love to pray with you, Erica. Father, I pray for Erica. She has the state board test tomorrow. And, um, and Lord, I just pray that you just calm her nerves, give her a peace that passes understanding, that you would be with her and guide her and direct her. And Lord, that um, that you would just um, just be with her mind, to be able to focus, uh, to be able to answer and I pray, Lord, that she'd be able to pass the test and move forward in what you have for her and what is on her heart. So I just pray for Erica. I pray you bless her. She'd get a good night's rest. she have a peace when she takes the test and uh, that you would show yourself strong on her behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, okay, Erica, we'll be praying. I'll be praying for you tomorrow, okay? Thank
4: you. Thank you so much.
3: God bless you. Have God a good bless evening. you. All right, we're getting to the end of the show. We've had a great show, great conversations. Love to talk about the things of the Lord, and and you know, one of the every show takes on kind of a theme, and one today is just ministering to others. And uh, there's a lot of people out there to minister to, and I'm so grateful for those who called that are ministering to their friends and families and others. And uh, we are called to be salt, and we're called to be light. And I would encourage you to. Every day, here's the thing, every day we have opportunity to serve. We have opportunity to serve somebody and to be open to that. And um I want to read to you from Romans twelve what we covered on Sunday, to be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor and giving preference to one another, not lagging and diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer distributing to the needs of the saints given the hospitality and that's what i pray that we would do that we would uh just bless others um in ministering to them praying for them showing affection to them um and giving them hope and 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 giving them truth Uh, and the world needs that you may be the only light that they get to see so god bless you thank you so much for today's show and um Looking forward to talking to you next time. Everybody have a great evening.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.